Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Enjoy. What's going on, Encounter family? So glad you joined us right here for this amazing message we're going to be talking about. And my hope and my prayer is that you would lean in, that you would receive something from God, that your life would be changed, challenged, and empowered through what we're about to talk about today. Here's what I want, to, want you to do as we get started today. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and mash that like button. Uh, feel free to comment and post below. We love hearing uh, from you and, and love hearing from all of our followers. Uh, it's such an incredible connection that we can have, even through technology. Uh, and if there is something you want to reach out for with prayer or something that you need, go ahead and direct message us. We would we'd love to return that and, and stay connected with you. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into today's word. We're going to go to the book of Judges. It's an Old Testament book, book of Judges, chapter 16 and verse 6. And uh, it's going to be out of the New Living Translation. And this is a story, as you're, as you're getting there, as it comes on the screen today, uh, it's a story of a man by the name of Samson. Samson is one of the strongest men uh, to ever have lived. Uh, he has um, been gifted by God with strength. Uh, he has been commanded by God never to cut his hair. It was a Nazarite vow that he took. and um, So that was, that was just part of what he was supposed to do. Uh, but Samson had some inner demons. He had some inner problems, and he was always going after um, things that he wasn't supposed to. He would chase uh, the Philistine women. He was he was in love with them. He would try to marry them, and they'd get married off. And uh, it was this love hate relationship that Samson had with the Philistines. He was also a a judge, a ruler over Israel for a certain amount of time. And the source of his strength came from his obedience to what God had told his parents, uh, and that was to keep his hair long, uh, wasn't supposed to drink any strong drink. He was, uh, and so that was where the source of his strength was. Well, a lady by the name of Delilah um, is, gets in connection with Samson. Samson and her start developing a relationship, and and. The people, the men of the Philistines came to Delilah and said, hey, let's figure out where Samson's strength comes from. If we can figure out where his strength comes from, we're going to take his strength from him uh, because we can't do anything. I mean, Samson's the guy that will go and take the entire gates of the city and march up on top of a hill. Uh, and they're like, we can't stop that. He would take a jawbone of a donkey and kill armies uh, with just that weapon. He would, he would take foxes and tie them together, light their tails on fire, and they'd burn down entire fields and crops. So Samson was a problem for the Philistines, and they're trying to figure out where does his strength come from. And they've tasked uh, Delilah with the, the understanding of trying to get and figure out where Samson's strength comes from. And so we're going to pick up just one, one verse here that I want to tie some of this into and help us with today. And it's in Judges 16 and 6. It says, So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. What would it take to tie you up securely, she says. And I want to talk on, on this subject, no strings attached. No strings attached. 
what is it? Because this isn't this isn't something brand new to us. This isn't something that has just hit us. But what, so what is it that really ties you up, binds you up, holds you back? And this is what the enemy wants to do to your life. And this is what Delilah was doing to Samson. She's asking the question, what is it that we can tie you up with and, and keep you locked up securely so that you can't move forward, so you can't do what you're called to do, what your purpose is. See, we live in a culture that has discipled us really out of divine rhythm, and it's killing us. It's, it's tying us up. It's holding us back from becoming all that God has for us. And in fact, Proverbs 12 and 25 says it so well. It says, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. He says, worry's actually what holds you back. It's what weighs you down. It's, it's the thing that ties you up. Worry? So let me ask the question, what is it that you are worried about right now? See, we're not, we're not all exempt from worry. We all have an ounce or some level of worry. Sometimes we carry worry uh, heavier. Uh, sometimes worry is just the, the nuisance in the back of our mind. It's the annoying voice that's constantly uh, reminding us of the thing that we should be doing and we can't or the thing that has to be done but we're unable to. Worry is that constant thing that will actually tie up the source of our strength. It'll hold us back from doing what we're supposed to do. What are you worried about? Is it is it inflation right now? Are you worried about are you worried about provision? Are you worried about job security? Are you worried about if the prices keep rising on things, how you're gonna make ends meet? Are you worried about that? Because I tell you right now, that worry will actually hold you back from your God-given ability and potential. And, and the enemy will use that sense of worry to hold you back from, from even being generous, from, from doing some things for the kingdom. It'll hold you back. It'll, it'll convince you that things are going to get so bad that you're not going to be able to survive. Worry is going to tie you up. It's, it's, maybe it's your health. Maybe you're dealing with health issues or it's a concern over a family member's health issue and you're worried about your health, you're worried about someone else's health. It's, it's, it's a constant state of worry over your health. Maybe it's future endeavors, uh, a major life change. Who am I going to marry? Uh, who, you know, what, what's my kid going to do in school? How am I going to advance my career? What college am I going to go to? Uh, maybe, maybe it's just constantly circulating in your mind, and that's what worry does. It starts tying and binding you up. What's my future like? What's, my, what's the next move? Where's my next job? What's, what's the next thing that's for me? And, and if you're constantly worried about it, it'll tie you up. Maybe you're worried about relationships right now. How's my relationship with my spouse? Or how's my relationship with my kids? Or maybe you're just jumping into a new relationship and it's dating and you're trying to figure out what's this relationship all about and where is it going to go? It's tying you up. It's worry, and it's constantly revolving in your mind, and it's preventing the thoughts that are for you, the thoughts that are going to propel you from actually getting deep inside your soul because worry wants to dominate your very thought process. 
See, worry, just to define it, worry is to be anxious about something and to meditate on something. It's to, it's to be anxious into the place where you can't think of anything else and, and you're constantly thinking about it, you're meditating on it. It's just, you've been there, I've been there. It's the constant state of just thinking about it over and over and over and over again. See, worry, worry gets its power. Worry gets its strength when we think about something so long that it becomes all we obsess about, all we talk about, and all we see. That's worry. When it becomes our life's obsession, it's what we constantly are in talks about. It's constantly what we're seeing. That's worry. If all you see is the bad, you're dealing with worry. If all you're doing is talking about bad, and it's worry. If all you're doing is obsessing about the bad, it's worry. This is worry on display. And, and, and worry, sometimes we think we're sitting in some fetal position, crying, shaking. That's, that's a total different level of anxiety. But worry in just its, its basic elementary form is the fact that it wants to control and dominate as much of your thought process as possible. What is it that it's going to take to tie you up securely? Worry. Worry can, will try to take the strength that you have. It'll try to take the energy. It'll try to take the, the drive that you have. Worry will bind you up. And what I've realized about worry is worry, worry sometimes doesn't focus on the big things but it starts to mess with the little things. And it's the little things that start getting in the way of you seeing and doing the big things God has for you. If, if, if worry can start messing with the little things, then we get so consumed with the little things that we end up missing out on the big things that God is doing. And we've got to be aware. So Samson, Samson gets, gets tricked into having this uh, moment with Delilah where she's asking him questions. You got to be careful. You got to be careful and you need to be aware of the things, of people, and situations that you entertain. You got to be careful of it. Uh, you got to be careful of what language you're talking, what, what things you're talking about, what topics you're entertaining, what, what things you're going through. I mean, you're talking about worry. Worry can come from a person sitting in your living room talking to you. It can also come through a, a, a screen that you're watching. It can also come through a phone call. It can, it can also come through an activity. Worry can come at you from all kinds of ways, but you need to be careful and aware of who and what you entertain. Because what you entertain can actually be the catalyst to the downfall. This is what happens with Samson. He's entertaining the questions that Delilah is giving him. He's entertained. He should have stopped right there and said, no, I'm not going to answer that question. I, I mean, she, she's not even sneaky about it. She wants to know right away, what is it that's going to take your strength away? I mean, he's in the enemy's uh, camp, and he's laying there on the lap of Delilah, and she's like, tell me what it is that will take your strength away. Like, she's not even sneaky. Worry is that thing. It's not even sneaky anymore. It's going to tie you up, bind you up in, to the fact that you can't even move forward. Like, like everything is on pause because worry is just weighing you down. It's tying you up. And if you aren't careful of who and what you entertain, it will be the catalyst to your downfall. So be careful whose lap you're laying in. Be careful what lap you're laying in. Be careful where you're laying your head and where you're trying to get your comfort because, because that, could, that could lead to your downfall. 
And God doesn't want that for you. God has called you to be greater. God's called you to be better. God's called you to, to work for his kingdom. God has empowered you with talents and gifts and abilities beyond your understanding or even your capacity at this moment. God's doing a greater work in you. And so he doesn't want you to be bound or tied up by worry. In fact, God's life, his, his vision for your life is that you would live a life that is full of abundance and freedom and liberty. That's God's plan for you. God's plan isn't for you to be captive, tied up, bound up. God's, God's, God's purpose for your life isn't to be laying in the lap of an enemy trying to convince you to, to give your secrets away. His goal is not for you to be laying there uh, just talking randomly about all these things. That's not God's plan for you. In fact, in fact, what I've realized with like Samson, that sometimes we're, the, we're the, our worst enemies, right? Because some of us say so many things over ourselves that the devil doesn't even have to talk. The devil doesn't even have to talk to us. We're just convincing ourselves, talking ourselves out of things that God has already called us into. And we're doing all the talking and the devil's sitting on the side like, I don't have to do anything. I'm taking a break from this guy today. And we're doing all the talking. We can talk ourselves out of the very things God has called us into, and the devil doesn't have to talk at all. Delilah asks a question, and Samson does all the talking. That's what worry does. Worry will get us to start believing false things, start imagining false things, start conceiving false things. Like Worry will get us to believe that it is the worst and it is the end of the end, right? That's what worry will do for us. So I'm encouraging you, stop laying in the lap of individuals or things or ideas or, or philosophies that we feel is comforting us. Because worry, worry has a false sense of comfort about it. It's got these boundaries that if I can stay in it, then then I don't have to think about anything else. And worry, worry is a false illusion. It, it, it tries to bind us up that way. And I want to encourage you that there are some laps that we can start laying in that will give us a false sense of security, a false sense of comfort that, that God wants to free us from. So I'm encouraging you today that you go to the one who not only gives you comfort, but who also can heal your soul. That's Jesus. Stop going to ones that will comfort you alone, but find the one who will comfort and then heal you, right? That's not what Delilah was doing. She could comfort Samson, but she wasn't there to heal him. She was there to hurt him. So find the one that will comfort you and heal your hurt. In fact, 1 Peter 5 and 7 says it like this, give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Just give it to him. Like, just give your worries and your cares to God. And that is so much easier said than done. To just give it to him, like I... One translation says, cast it on them, like we got to throw it. And, and I've often tried to figure this out. How do we give our cares? How do we give our worries? How do we, how do, we do this? Part of it's because we're thinking with a humanistic mindset. We're not thinking through a God concept, right? We don't have to use culture's methods to get free. We got to start doing things, thinking things, and, and, and being things the way the king wants us to be. And so Jesus has a completely different way of giving, letting us give our cares to him. He's got a completely different concept than us, the way we think about it. Like we think if we give our cares away, we're giving away uh, control. 
and then we have no control. The reality is, is yes, we give our cares away, our worries away, and we lose control over that, but we give it to one who has all the control, who's had all the control to begin with. Like all we're doing is just liberating ourselves because he's already taken care of it. Have you ever worried about something so much for so long and it all of a sudden worked out and you're like, why was I worried about that at all? What? Why was I stressed about that? Why was I fearful about that? Like this thing worked out in the end. It's because you didn't have control over it to begin with. God did. And God wants you to live free from the the space and time between the problem and the solution. If you can live free between the problem and the solution, you're living a life of abundance, a life of freedom. So I have to learn to give, just release it because I'm freeing myself. I'm freeing my thoughts. I'm freeing my heart. I'm freeing my activities. I'm freeing my time. Because how much time is wasted worrying? How much time is wasted just, just mulling over things that we can't really change or do anything about anyway? God's got ultimate control. If you believe God's for you, if you believe God's over your life, if you believe God is the ultimate power in the universe, then we have to believe that he cares and he is in control of this So we have to give it to him. Jesus says it like this in Luke 12. He turned to his disciples and said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any bird's. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he certainly cares for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat or what to drink. Don't worry about such things. And then he says it like this. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock. For if God, if it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Isn't that powerful? Jesus looks at his disciples like, don't worry. Don't worry about everyday life. Look at the birds and the flowers. And he says, you are more valuable than they are. So my first point today is this, because we're talking about no strings. You want to cut those strings today? You want to cut the strings of worry? Number one, you need to realize that you are more valuable than you thought. You're more valuable than you thought. Worry will try to take and steal your value from you. Jesus tells them, just look at the birds, look at the flowers. If I can take care of them, you are more valuable than any bird. You're more valuable than you thought. Samson, the reason why Samson starts giving in to Delilah is because he's having a, a crisis of identity. He's having a moment of weakness where he doesn't feel the value on himself because valuable people don't give away secrets. 
But with the moment when you feel like you aren't valuable is the moment you start letting that out. And this is what Samson does. You have to realize that you are more valuable than you thought. Jesus says, look at the birds, look at the flowers. Because he's reminding them, you're going to look. What you look for, you will find. Whatever you look for, you'll find. He said, I want you to take your attention off of the cares, off the food, off the clothes, off inflation, off relationships, off health, off the future. I want you to take your eyes off of that, and I want you to look around at creation. The bird who doesn't have a bill to pay. The flower who doesn't have a clothing bill to pay. Uh, uh, the bird who doesn't go to Walmart to get his groceries. The flower who doesn't have to go to Exxon to get his gas. I want you to look at the birds and the flowers, and if they are taken care of, how much more are you going to be taken care of because you're more valuable than they are? So we have to lift our eyes off of our internal problems and issues and look at the creation that God gave. And God isn't willing to let his creation perish or go through these things. God is going to take care of your needs because you're valuable to him. So valuable that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for our sins. That's valuable. That's for us. That's so that we could have eternity with him. Like, are we going to have rough patches on earth? Absolutely. But eternity, heaven, that's our home. That's our future. You're valuable to him. You're valuable to him. In fact, Psalms 94 and 19, David says, When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. You see this? He said, I, I have moments where doubt and worry fill my mind. They're tying me up. But when I realize that I don't have to lay on the lap of worry, I don't have to lay on the lap of anxiety. If I lay on your lap, you are my comfort and your comfort gives me renewed hope and cheer. It lifts my countenance. It fills my heart with joy and I can start cutting the strings of worry off of my life. The second thing of how to cut these strings, you don't want any strings attached to you, is this, that God knows your needs and will supply accordingly. Simple, right? God knows your needs and he's going to supply it. That's what his word says. That's, and if we believe that God's not a liar, then we have to believe that God will supply all of our needs accordingly. Like God will do that. God will take care of it. God already knows what your need is before you ever even ask him for it or talk to him about it or give it to him. He already knows and he's going to supply it accordingly. And it begins when I trust when I trust him with my heart, when I trust him with my life, when I trust him with my doings, when I trust him, when I learn to trust, I receive. That's what he says. He said, hey, know that I will supply it. Know that I will give it. Know that I will bring it. It's trust. Trust is us, is us putting our faith and our confidence in someone or something without us having to control it. Trust is a belief or feeling of safety and security. When's the last time you have felt safe, felt secure, felt safe in the arms of God, felt secure that he's going to work? Because worry will convince you that God's nowhere to be found. It'll convince you that there's nothing around you. There's no friends. There's no hope. There's nothing around you that will help you. Fear will take that. It'll, worry will destroy that. It'll mess with that. But trust, trusting in God, it's safe. It's secure. He's not only the one who will comfort you, but he's also the one who's going to heal your hurts. 
Proverbs says it like this. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Some things just don't seem to match what I think. Don't lean, don't depend on it. But seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Psalms 56, David says it like this, but when I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. I will praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? This is David. He's like, hey, what is it that mere mortals could do? What is it that, the, that, that inflation can do to me? What is it that gas prices can do to me? What is it that the rising food costs can do to me? What is it that mere mortals can do to me? What is it that that relationship that's gone toxic, what can it do to me? What, what is it that the health problems can do to me? What is it that mere mortals can do to me? David's like, why am I afraid? Why am I afraid? I trust in God for what time I'm afraid. I'm going to trust in him. I'm putting my faith and confidence in him, knowing that I can be safe and secure with God. With God. Trust, trust has us paying, praying for patience. See, you know, a lot of individuals in uh, Christendom and, and following Jesus, we talk and we make fun of and we laugh about, oh, don't pray for patience. And we say that because if we pray for patience and we know rough times are ahead. That's a false conception. That's a, bad, that's a bad analogy today. We have to pray for patience. In fact, patience is one of the fruit of the Spirit. It's in there. It's part of this thing that we call living for Jesus, following Jesus. Patience, we need to pray for patience because there's moments that we're dealing with it. God, would you just give me the strength, the patience to endure this trial? Give me the patience to endure what I'm going through. I trust you. I know you're going to work it all out for my benefit. I know you're going to work it out for my good. I want to trust you in this. Will you help me and give me strength so that I can have patience? The moment you have patience and the moment you develop trust and the moment you start learning this is what you're doing is you start leaning into the arms of the one who's going to guide you and hold you, and walk with you, and comfort you, and keep you, and he is enough. And he wants to start snipping the strings that have attached to your life, and have bound you up, and held you back from everything that he wants for you. His goal, God's goal, is that you would live, and walk, and talk freely that you would not be tied up with worry and anxiety, that your life would be lived in the trust, knowing that he already knows your needs and he will supply it accordingly. Paul says it like this in Philippians 4 and 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, here's your solution, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Does that sound familiar, like Proverbs? His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I want to ask you two questions as I close this out today. Number one is this. What is, what is God saying to you right now? 
Ask yourself, what is God saying to me? What is God, what is, what is God talking to me? What is the Holy Spirit talking to me about right now? And two, how am I going to respond to what he said? How am I going to respond to what God is saying? How am I going to respond to what the Holy Spirit is saying? How, how am I going to respond to that? Because we have a choice right now. One, we need to know what God is saying. What is God talking to me about? Is there some things that have tied me up that I need to cut the strings of? Are there some, some worries, some laps I've been laying in that I need to cut those strings? Are there some relationships I'm involved in I need to cut those strings? Are there some, are there some ideas, some concepts? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a pursuit of something that we shouldn't be. Maybe, what is it that is causing the worry that we need to cut the strings of? What is God saying to me right now? And then how do I respond? How do I respond? Well, I want to give you an opportunity to respond if you have never followed Jesus. Or if you're watching this and you're like, I want to come back to him. I've been away from him, but today's my day. I'm coming back. We call it a fresh start around here, and we want to give you an opportunity to make that fresh start. It's just the beginning. God has so much more for you. There's great things that you can have. We have baptism Sundays around here. You can get baptized. We, we believe in God filling you with his spirit. Like These are amazing things, but today, today, here's what I want you to focus on, just making this fresh start of taking that first step this is your response of saying yes to what God is talking to you about. And I want to pray for you, and I would ask that you would pray with me right now. Father, we thank you for the word we've heard. And God, today you have talked to us about the worry in our life and how you want to just take that away, and you want to cut those strings away. It's tied us up. It's bound us up. It's prevented us from moving forward. It's prevented us from going into our purpose, our destiny. And today we ask that you would just cut those strings of worry. Today we give our cares to you. We give our worries to you. We give our, our anxieties to you so that you can guard our hearts and minds with peace. Today I pray that there would be a peace that would fall on those that are listening and watching. I pray that there would be a joy that was restored in their soul. Today, God, for those that are wanting to follow you, make this fresh start. Today, we ask that you would forgive us of all of our sin. Today, we confess that you are our Lord and our Savior, and we believe that you're able to do more than we ask, think, or imagine. So today, we ask that you would take the mess of our life and make it into something new. We give you our life, we give you our goals, we give you our dreams, we give you everything. We give you our worries and we give you our anxieties. And today we ask that you would fill our heart, fill our void, save us as we declare that you're our Lord and our Savior. Today we give you our life and we are determined to make this fresh start by saying yes to following you in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm praying for you. I believe in God's best. If you just gave your life to the Lord, if you just made a fresh start, we want to celebrate that. We are believing that God has greater things for you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and put in the comments that you gave your life to the Lord or direct message us, and we've got something for you. We want to reach out to you, and we want to bless you, and we just want to see God do some amazing things. Encounter family, thank you for watching, staying tuned, listening to this, and my prayer is that God would start helping you eliminate the worry in your life, that the strings that have bound you, the things that have held you back would be cut loose this year so that you can walk in freedom, liberty, and that you can go to the places that God has called you to go. Be blessed as we encounter God and encounter people. Let's build his church together this year. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. 
God bless you.